for joining us at New Life Horizon Church. The service is already in progress. Hope you're being blessed. And this is Pastor Kirk Cameron. Take care. saving time we lost an hour of sleep but God is good good morning one and all thank you for joining us today it is this awesome privilege that we get to share the word and pray that God's spirit is on the word and everything that is shared and that somehow we are learning and we are applying the little bit that we learn in God's grace. Let us pray. Father, we thank you again for another day that we can come together as a group to give you the due, the reverence, the care. And Lord, we are so careful to choose our words carefully too make people understand that we are yearning for you. Even though we're not perfect in any way, but you are perfect. Your love, your care, your desire for us goes beyond anything that we can think, imagine, or sometimes even comprehend on this side of the earth. But our thought is to trust you, is to obey you, is to hear your voice and do what you tell us to do so that we can reflect you to others who don't know you. There are certain persons who will never step into a church auditorium but they will look at our lives and they will examine it. And Lord, we want to make sure that our lives reflect you in every way. Wherever, if we're at work, if we're in the park, if we're relaxing, relaxing, we want to make sure everything that we do represents you. So we have no pressure in the spirit, but we have freedom to worship. We have freedom in this country to lift up holy hands. We have freedom to enjoy the joy of knowing you. So Lord, we thank you again as we continue to worship. 
as we continue to adore you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. One and all, thank you. And um, I, I was sharing a joke with my greatest critic, uh, my sister Carleen, about with the, the virus and how the antisocial anti people love it. They are enjoying the idea of being alone and setting apart themselves because they know that this virus is a, is a communal virus and it only can spread with contact with those who are affected. And a thought came to me and said, Lord, this is how your word should spread throughout the nations. The idea of one person being infected and cause others to be affected by God's love. So it is the Lord will reach the nations. His word will not come back to him void. And this virus represents that aspect in a good way of each person reaching one person. The guy got it in New York and his family members got it. And the friend that came to the hospital got it with just mere minutes of being around him. That is the way the Lord wants to infect us with his love in this world at this time because there is so much fear. There is so much um, anticipation of the future. We see the, the stock markets. Anybody who have any money invested, they are losing it rapidly. And um, they don't know what to do. They are losing hope. Because if the trend continues, um, certain things that we enjoy will be lost. And so it is. This is, the, this is something that I'm, I'm observing at this time. So all we need to do is follow the rules. Follow the rules. No one is exempted from the rules. The idea of keeping your surroundings clean and following the proper guidelines, you will be okay. So as we get into the word, um, we pray also for the hearers, that the, the, the ears will be ignited with a sense of urgency to hear what God is saying. I am just a mere vessel and... Um, trying to, to understand the move of God and, you know, God changed and he said this thing one time and he said this thing another time. But what we know about God is God, God is loving. No, um, let, me, let me explain. Probably the word change is the wrong word. The idea that God would tell a person to do a, a particular thing and then he will tell another to do opposite so he will tell he will tell us to to make sure we keep ourselves clean and to in terms of even marriage to marry to marry somebody of your own thought life or your own growing up but he will tell a prophet to marry a prostitute just to to show people, this is how you have treated me. 
you have turned to something that and giving your life over to them. So, so we realize the same God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. And there are, if we are very truthful in what we believe, there are a lot of questions that we're going to have of God. If we are very truthful, some persons say, no, I don't question God. Um, there is a little bit of line that God loves our reasoning. God loves us to ask him questions. The, the, the idea of somebody going through a, a situation, they're going to have a lot of questions. And um, this is the, the last section of the series, God, Work, and Worship. And um, I tell you, I've learned a lot going through this series. I've learned so much. Um, when I even think of how God is interested in our work and the workplace and how we, we have to represent him at the workplace to the best that we can. Because, see, we, we don't have any problem approaching God. We don't even have a problem in working, in worshiping. I never hear nobody complain about worship. Oh, I can't worship. I don't know what to do. But then the struggle is the work because the work is outside of the sanctuary. It is the everyday life that we have to hustle and bustle to, to gain an income, to have a salary, to, to see how we can make this little bit amount stretch from one week to the other week, from one month to the other month. But then we have bills, we have responsibilities, we have family members, we have everything in between. And I'm thinking, Lord, how all of this is going to work? How all of this is going to tie in together when we put all the pieces in place? And yes, it is a struggle because sometimes we think about Monday morning and we have all of these anticipations of, oh my God. But I realize if we have these three P P's, the, the passion, the pleasure, and the purpose, then we will be in a better place. Not saying that everything is perfect. And I, as we remember what we, 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 we shared in the, the coming the weeks before, uh, we were talking about the five things that we need to quit. And number one was trying to please everybody. Number two was fearing change. Number three was living in the past and what it looks like. Number four was putting yourself down. And number five is overthinking. Overthinking. As it says in Proverbs 23, 7, As a man thinketh, so is he. Eat and drink said he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. So we, we realize everything comes from the heart. The heart is where everything is involved. If we are not happy in a situation, it's going to reflect. We're going to try to hide it as much as we can, but it's going to come out some way. You can know when somebody is happy, it, it oozes out of their, their thoughts, their jokes, 
their words, their actions, it is going to show. So sometimes we, we don't have to ask if that person is a happy person. Just watch and see how they relate. I remember when I was working in Florida, there's a guy called Gabe. And I don't think Gabe was a Christian at the time. But Gabe had this very positive outlook on life. He came to work happy every day. And it, 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 it was so remarkable that there's another guy, uh, Michael, he got so upset that he, he grabbed Gabe and said, Gabe, you cannot be so happy all the time. Something is wrong. And Gabe said, but uh, I didn't do anything. He said, no, I want to come in and complain like everybody else. And he said, but uh, I can't complain. I, I'm thankful for the job. I mean, I remember when I wasn't working for a while. So, And so Michael got upset with Gabe because Gabe was happy all the time. And that was, and anytime you see Gabe, he was always smiling, um, always give you a, a good response. And he, he, he had a personality that was so attractive that persons just gravitate to Gabe all the while. You know, he was a nice um, southern boy, you know. He said, good morning, good afternoon. You really say, wow, this guy grew up in a different time. But guess what? Everybody loved Gabe, and nobody had anything bad to say about Gabe. When he came to work, um, they, they, they usually loved to mess with him. They gave him um, work that, that he couldn't manage, and he was still singing, laughing, and doing the work. So it is that the Lord wants us to be in, in a situation. Not that we're going to be exactly like him because each situation is different. But we need to focus on one thing. One thing that is going to bring us the joy. Because if we think about it, we won't be here for too long. If we say 50 years from now, hmm, 100 years from now, you know, we're not going to be here. So for the time that we have, we have to try to live it to the best. And it is, it is encouraging because the Lord wants to encourage us that, yeah, we're not there, we are striving, you understand? We are, we are stepping towards it, we are running the race. And yes, we might get trip up at times, but we are going to reflect on his goodness. Amen? So overthinking, this is the last one, overthinking. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. All right, overthinking based on the, the dictionary that I found online. They give us a very simple meaning of the word. Overthinking means to think about something too much and for far too long. So we know that there's nothing wrong with thinking, you know, but when you think about something too long, then you're overthinking the the request. Somebody asks a question quickly. Hey, we need to order some staples. And I'm online right now and I, need, and I have two minutes to put in the order. So the person will say, um, all right, give me a minute. And then when they came back, the time passed and they couldn't make the order. So the person got upset. Hey, why you didn't put in my order? I told you I have five minutes. It's just a simple request. But sometimes we don't know that we are overthinkers. So 
I, I got a list just to see. And you know, it's funny with the law. They said if you break one of the law, you, you broke all of the law. So let's see if any of us here are overthinkers. Remember, you, you only need one to apply. All right, here it goes. Here are the list. And it's 10, it's very short. All right. How to know if you're an overthinker? If you relive embarrassing moments in your head repeatedly, number one. If you relive embarrassing events in your head repeatedly, you are an overthinker. If you have trouble sleeping because it feels like your brain won't shut off, you are an overthinker. If, you're, if you ask yourself a lot of questions like, what if, what if, what if, then you are an overthinker. If you spend a lot of time thinking about the hidden meanings in things people say or events that, ha that happen, you are an overthinker. Number five, if you rehash conversations that you had in your, in, with people in your mind and you think about all the things that you wish you had said, you are an overthinker. If you're constantly reliving your mistakes, you are an overthinker. Number seven, when somebody says or acts in a way you don't like, you keep replaying it in your mind. Number eight, sometimes you're not aware, aware of what's going on around you because you're dwelling on things that happened in the past or you're worrying about the things that will happen in the future. You are an overthinker. Number nine, if you spend a lot of time worrying about the things that you have no control over, you are an overthinker. And number 10, if you can't get your mind off your worries, you are an overthinker. So we realize that the things, this is something that we need to address and you know, Sometimes persons might um, feel um, embarrassed about these things, but the, the idea is awareness. You see, whenever the Lord shows us something that we need to address, I, I, as I was telling um, my brethren at work, that you know we have to make sure that we take the big beam out of our eyes first so we can see the little speck in our, in our brothers and sisters. And it was something that we laughed about. And as we were passing in the hallway, we had, we had an inside joke and we said, hey, um, how is the beam? Yes, we're, we're removing it right now. <laughs> because you see, it, it is so easy to, to judge and look back and look down on somebody if they, are, if they have a fault. And even if the fault doesn't reside in us, then we could say, how could they be like this? 
because we're in a, a work situation where we have different personalities, different mindset coming in together just to do one thing, one task. And as, and as I remember, when we, when we, we talk about our, our, our CEO being so young and taking on a task of running the company from his father, uh, we realize the personality is the same. His father is older now, so he has certain, he's kind of mellowing out. But when we talk to persons in the past, we realize that guy was so strict. That guy was, the, the, the word micromanage um, came up um, all the time. I went online and I found a review, that, a positive review that somebody wrote. And I copied it to him. And when I copied it to him, I said, sir, somebody wrote this. And I, I, I CC'd his son, and he got it. And he came back and said, oh, Kirk, thank you for sending me that. Because all these years, I didn't want, I wonder what per persons thought. And that was in, indeed encouraging. Um, the person wrote, and the person said, others may think that he is a very strict person and that he will go behind and check everything that you do. But I was so blessed by it because I saw a lot of mistakes that, ha that I was making and it caused me to judge myself more carefully whenever I'm presenting uh, an argument or a change in the product. I had to make sure I was doing it properly. And then the person said, I'm so thankful for, for him being that way. Even though I know others didn't see it the same way in terms of being able to work freely. But he said he respected him for double-checking the work. And others said, no, no, that's different. So we saw that one person um, saw it as a blessing that he was coming behind and checking everything. And um, if we think about our father, our father, they said that the, the father will always discipline those he loves. And sometimes at the time, the discipline is not something that we, we, um, we take with joy. Because we know that discipline is to change us so that we don't continue going down the road or going down doing the wrong thing. But discipline at, our, at that moment is a blessing to the child. The child will come back, even if it's not the same, same time, will say thank you, parents, for disciplining us. Sometimes some of the parents overdo it, but God knows how to keep the rod and make the rod uh, very active in our lives. There are things that we, we want to do and the things that we, we're pushing to do on the Lord to know. This is not for you. And sometimes we are curious because we, we're going to com compare ourselves with others and saying, how come that person get to do that? And say, no, don't compare yourself. I'm doing this thing in you. And um, I, I know it can be challenging because uh, I spoke to another sister at work and I think she had two, two kids. And I said to her, hey, what happened? You're not getting married again? She said, well, 
Right now I'm just living for the kids. I don't even think that will ever happen. And so he said, you don't even go out? She said, no, everything I do is with the kids. And it was so true because when you check the Facebook page, she's always with the kids, carrying them out. So she's dedicating her life to her kids right now because she said they are her joy. All right. So how can we get over the overthinking? Because the thing, you know, we don't want to just present the issue. We want to um, give solutions or give resolution or something to apply to the issue. So the first thing we can share is awareness. Awareness, awareness. We, we have to be aware of the changes and the challenges that we're going through. So if we think about um, like 10 years ago, probably the challenges that we had at that time would be different. Can we agree? And the challenges that we had when we were in high school is different than what we have now. So we're growing, we're growing older and we, we have aging parents and um, we have gray hairs growing all over our bodies. Some have it more than others. But we realize that we're, we're, we're growing older and some of the promises that we haven't seen in, in God, what, we, that, what do we do about those promises? Um, where God promised us a lot of things. He promised us house, um, spouse, bank accounts, traveling. If we have those in, in our list or the bucket list, there are things that we have to do urgently because guess what? We are not promised tomorrow. Um, when we think about even um, persons losing their lives and persons... Um, gone, we say they're gone too soon because when we look at the age of the person, we say, wow, this person was around our age and they're no longer here. Um, then it, it gives us a somber appreciation of every day. That every day that we have, we're going to make sure that we make the best of it. So the first, the first solution that we can have is um, awareness. If we don't apply our being aware, it says we have to be um, aware of our environment. We have to be aware of where the Lord has placed us at that time. Because if we're aware, we can now adjust to that situation. If you're in a workplace and you know that the persons are are not kind, are not happy, then it's no fault that they will do that because you, you already know that these persons are not happy or they're not kind. So based on what you know about the persons that you hang around, you have to begin to change and adjust to that situation in a positive light. So we're, you're going to make sure to be happy 
and make sure that you're in the spirit. You know, our sister said that she's at a workplace that she can't sing. But I think you can actually home and, you know, but it's, guess what? Each person have their own challenges. But nobody can stop us from worshiping God. It is the right that we have in this country. I know other countries don't have that freedom. But we're going to make use of that freedom until it changed. Until the pressure comes up. And guess what? The church that suffered persecution is a church that grew exponentially. There's something that when you're persecuted, it causes you to, to bring up the best in God. The best in God will always come out of you. But before the best comes out, the worst is going to be shown. Because in order to get a metal pure, as we said per, um, earlier, it has to go through intense heat. The heat is not to damage the metal. The heat is to get rid of the impurities. Because you want to fashion that metal into that artwork that the person can say, wow, this is a wonderful piece that you created. And so we are his pieces. And he said, everything that is burnt, whatever is left is going to be pure. So if it's 90% of impurity, when that goes to the fire, it's 10% of purity that will, leave, that will be left. And the Lord can use that 10%. And as we, we think about um, our brother Samson, who was living a life of disobedience, and the parents even say, hey, show us how to how to grow this child, how to make sure that we can do the best of him because we realize he's not an ordinary child. But it is within the end, he didn't take his parents' warning to heart. And it was in the end that he realized, oh my God, I have sinned. How can I redeem myself? He, he, he was playing with the idea with um, Delilah and giving her jokes and giving her things. So he was always like tiptoeing on the wrong side until it came apart where he was aware of where he, where he was with God. And he repented and God used him for the last time to do a mighty act. Number two, don't think of what you can, or, or, or what, don't think of what can go wrong but always think of what can go right. Sometimes in our minds, we will always come up with a, an answer or a thought that is on the negative side. Try our best to always think of the positive. Because remember, no, we are, we, we're not going to be there for a while. A while might seem like a couple of years, but we're not going to be there forever. We're not going to be doing the same thing all the time. The Lord wants us to be like good soldiers to, to endure for the moment. And whenever we endure and we go to another place, then we're going to carry that endurance to that place because I trust me, 
if we get another job tomorrow, we're going to have a, a different set of people w- uh, waiting on us to challenge us. So it's, it's for us to know and grow in the place that we are until the Lord um, moves us. And he will move us. He will cause us to, to develop and grow. And it's so funny that once we have grown in that situation, we look back and say, I can't believe I was that person before because we have grown in that situation or in that outlook. Number three. This one is a different one. This one, this one says, distract yourself into happiness. <laughs> How can somebody distract themselves into happiness? This is where you're going to have happy thoughts and healthy alternatives. This is when you're going to meditate on God's love. This is where you're going to um, pick up new activities. And the person mentioned that um, you can pick up dancing. You can start to exercise. You can um, start to draw, start to write, start to sing. You can take up an instrument. These are activities that will bring you joy in, in a different way to, think of, to express God's goodness. Because, you know, when you're singing and when you're dancing and when you exercise, it, it, it brings you into a different arena. So we, we can think about David and David playing the instruments and David singing um, when he was feeling low. When he was feeling tested, he will sing and he will worship the Lord. And the Lord took notice. The Lord took notice of all those times that David was doing that. And he was so proficient that he was Saul's music um, advisor. He came in and when, when Saul's spirit was angered or, or in him in a, in a negative way, David would play the harp and it will, it will always relax him. So that we know we, we need to find a place to worship. We need to find a place to, to get rid of the distraction, to, to make sure we are centered in, in, in God's presence. And we, we can do it through the arts. We can do it through singing, dancing, exercising, playing an instrument. They even mention knitting, drawing, painting. But it has to be something that you will do because once you're doing it, you won't overanalyze it. You'll always be able to do it um, consistently if you practice. And even if you're not good at it, it's something that to strive on, to, to find a, a talent, a hidden talent that was always there. Number four. Put things in perspective, as we mentioned before. Hey, if you think 50 years from now, we won't be doing this job. So, all right, let's do the best that we can while we're there. Let's, let's turn the negative into a positive. Because we know we are in a place where God is not manifested. We are in a place that, as we say, persons won't love us. Um, they will probably hate you even more. And if they find out that you're a Christian, that that's even worse. I remember I, I had a job at a site. And it was so funny thinking about it. It's funny now, but back then it was so, so challenging. So I was at a, a work site, and um, 
it was it was found out that I was a Christian and I was young at the time. And the guys couldn't understand me being a Christian and worse yet, me being single. So one of the guys said to ask me what church I went to, I told him. And he was like, Oh my God, um I've I've been to that church. And I said, How was the service? He said, um, the service wasn't good. I said, Why? Because he, he has never saw or seen so many beautiful ladies in one location at one time. And in, then he said to me, how can you be single at a, at a, a, a place like that? I said, hey, um, they are my sisters, you know, and I don't see them how you're, how you're seeing them. So we realized the idea of putting things in, in perspective. Number five, this one is a big one. The, the guy even mentioned, he said, this one is a big one. Number five says, stop waiting for perfection. For all of us who are waiting for perfection, we can stop waiting right now. Being ambitious is great. Being ambitious is great. But aiming for perfection is unrealistic in practical and del deliberating. The moment you start thinking you, ne you need this to be perfect is the moment you need to remind yourself that waiting for the perfect is never as smart as making progress. So the idea, there is no perfect job out there. So stop waiting for that perfect job. But think about how you can progress, how you can learn, how you can develop yourself while you're there. Because the skills that you have there is the skills that would adapt to the new, the new situation or the new job. Change, number six. We mentioned this earlier. Change your view of fear. Wherever, because see, when we think about fear or the fear of failure, um, a guy mentioned once, they asked him, how was he so successful? He said, simply, because I've failed so many times. And in my failure, I kept notes of what I can do better. So before he became the CEO of Yahoo at the time, he actually presented his um, idea to about, I think it's about 20 companies or 20 startups just to get some help. And each one of them turned him down except the last person. The, the, 20, the 20th person said yes. But he said, just, just imagine each time he presented the first time, the second time, and they said, no, 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 no. He endured to the end. Because the scripture says a righteous man will fall seven times. But he will get up at the end. And if we believe that we are righteous, we know that we can't fail fear, um, fear of failure. We have to remember that the God in us that created us to succeed. 
He didn't say that we're going to succeed immediately. We each have to go through our process. And don't let failure stop you from um, launching out. Because there is a, a gift, a talent that you're here to, to release to the world. And you know, somebody mentioned that when they went to the gravesite, there are a lot of ideas there that weren't implemented because of fear. Because persons think that if I present this idea and it failed, that's it. No, that's not it. If we look on the other end of it, we're going to learn from this. It said that Michael Jordan, who we, we, they call him the goat, the greatest of all time, the acronym, the GOAT. He did not make his basketball team when he tried out. They actually said that he wasn't good enough. So just imagine if he had stopped um, practicing. So he went home and he practiced and he practiced and he practiced and he said, no man, I'm going to make that team. And I think it was like the second or the third year that he actually made a team and he was, then when he made the team, he was on the bench. He didn't get any time to play. But guess what he did? He went home and he practiced and he practiced and he practiced and he practiced. Until they said one moment in the game, somebody got injured. And the coach looked on the bench and saw him and said, All right, five minutes, let me give him a game. You know, probably he was sorry for him. And that was the best five minutes <laughs> um, of his playing time because that's when the five minutes that he, sh that he shined so much that, that, that they didn't realize that this guy was so gifted. But you see, in humility, he was there waiting for the moment. Somebody might say that he was lucky, but no, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So if we say we want to, to start a business or to start an idea or a venture, and if we're not putting anything in, in motion, God cannot do anything. His, eyes, his hands will actually be tied because he's waiting for us to make the first move. Because he has already gifted us, he has already um, put the, the gift in us, it's there already. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has this one thing or a couple of things that they can do well. But it's for us to step out. And even if we fail, because we know in this life we're not perfect. We know that. So this shouldn't stop us from, from stepping up. Because guess what? What, what? what the worst could happen if we step out? We step out and it fails. Then we can learn and we can adjust. But that's not the end. We, we can continue to move forward and every successful successful person will tell you that there are times that, that they felt like giving up but they pressed on because they know that this thing was bigger than them number seven put in uh, put a timer to work um, I think this one this one applies to me so much because even when I'm at work I sometimes do too much for that one time, knowing that it's going to be there tomorrow. 
So now I'm realizing that I need to cut back. This is the time that they said I need to be there. I make sure I'm there before. This is the time I need to take for lunch. This is the time I need to, to leave. I'm making sure that I'm adjusting my time. So it says, give yourself a boundary. Set a timer for five minutes. And give yourself, give yourself time to think, to analyze, and then turn the timer off. To think, to analyze, and then it says to make notes on where you are feeling anxious, where you are um, seeing any stresses in your life, and then to write it down, and then to think about how can you adjust this. Because, see, if we don't write it down, we might forget, and then the thing might repeat itself. But sometimes if you can see, see it with your, with your eyes, then you can address it, whatever the thing is. And it says, realize that you, number eight, realize that you can't predict the future. It says that we can't predict the future. Because who has our future? You know what Jeremiah says, you know, um, before we were formed, we were known. We were so much known before we were formed in our mother's womb. Until the day that we are here, we are known by the one who knows us. Because we know that we're going to live in the present. And once we're living in the present, it says that the future will take care of itself. So if we're living in this present moment, being the happiest person that we are at the moment that we are at right now, then the future will take care of itself. Because, see, we are not promised tomorrow, but once we are living today, as um, Sister shared earlier, we have to make sure we are living in the present. Enjoying the things that God has pre prepared for us right now. Living in the present. Living joyfully, expecting everything good to come from God. And as um, Job said, when he said to his wife, when his wife said to curse him because they were in a place where they lost everything, he said, Can, have we not received good from the Lord? And you know, yes, we have received good. He was blessed and he was blessed beyond measure. But then he said, can we not receive bad from the Lord? And I don't think she could say yes. Because sometimes we think of the bad thing which in perspective we know that all things work out for the good. So as David said, hey, it's better for me to fall in your hands, oh God than to fall into the hands of my enemies. He's saying that, guess what? God's bad is God's good. Because God is good all the time. It's, it's, it's the idea of perspective. If we are applying for that job and if we think that this is going to be the job. Because I remember I applied for a job and I went for the interview and I was thanking the Lord so much. Oh my God, thank you, Lord. I, I, I wasn't even planning for the future. <laughs> I said, yes, when I get the money, 
going to the car place and go 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 pick up my, my Range Rover. Not not the not the newest one, but the one that the salary can afford. And I was like, okay, we can um, get to look for Kim, get to spend some time, you know, carry up on a nice vacation, me and her alone. I was planning for the future and I don't even get the job yet. But it, it was with excitement. Um, I did everything right. I answered all the interview questions and I was moving from um, phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four was to meet with them. They were excited to see me and I was too. I saw the building. It was exquisite. And I'm there, oh Lord, Please, Lord, you know, praying this prayer in your heart, Lord. Thank you for this job. Went through the interview process. The interview went good in my estimation. And um, one of the ladies, she kind of winked me at the end. And she said, Kirk, I really like you. I really like your personality and everything. And she said, but I think we have, they have other candidates that they're looking at. I'm like, oh, okay. And I, and I hugged her and said, thank you for the time. She said, yes, thank you, but I'll keep you posted. This was the quickest response I ever got from a job situation. Monday morning, 8.05, I got a message from the recruiter. And he said to me, Kirk, I have some bad news. Unfortunately, you did, you did not get the job. But then he said, but don't, don't be discouraged. There are times when persons come in and they don't get a job at the same time. But in the meantime, try to keep your spirits up and try to look on the website and if anything come in, you can, you can message me directly. So he also gave me an access to him. He said, this is my number. This is my email address. Um, let's keep in touch and, you know, so I left feeling a little bit discouraged that I didn't get a job, but I, I still had hope that somehow later on things might work out again in my favor. And knowing all of this, you know that we have to still... I left and said, Lord, thank you for the opportunity because there were stuff, questions that they asked me that I couldn't answer so eloquently. And I said, Lord, those are the stuff I need to work on for the next moment when an opportunity presents itself. Because guess what? God's hand is not short. That might not be the situation that he had for me. He might have something else in store. But going to that interview um, made me understand some things and things that I need to work on, things that I need to put in perspective. And keep yourself positive. And I went back to the, to, the, to the workplace feeling energized. And it, it caused my work level to increase. So that the guy said, one of the guys said to me, Kirk, man, I notice you, you're working um, faster. I said, yes, because I'm preparing for my future. <laughs> and um, so it is, there was a young lady there um, that, you know, I saw her face and she was like struggling with some things. And I, and I said to her, I said, sis, guess what I need you to do? I'm going to give you some keys. I'm going to share some information with you. And I want 
I want you to be responsible with the information. She said, okay. I think your time here is finished. Um, she said, what do you mean? I have no... I don't know if you have noticed it, but I know you notice your responsibility have uh, re been reduced for, from, from the time you came back from maternity leave. She said, oh my God, you're so right. I said, guess what? With that information, if, some, if they're facing down your work responsibility, that means they're planning um, to get rid of you. But I don't want you to be discouraged. I can help you with some of the interviews and I just want you to up work on some applications. And she said, Kirk, thank you so much. And she went home and I sent her this thing that I got from the website, how to design your, your resumes and all of that. And she, she did it. And thanks be to God, she got two interviews. And then she came back to me and she said, Kirk, I got two interviews. I have this one and I have that one. I said, okay, I think you should pick that one because that one represents your personality based on how I saw her at the time. And then thanks be to God, um, Monday morning she, she emailed me, no, she texted me and said, Kirk, I got the job. And I'm here right now. I'm so, oh man, I'm so glad for you. Within the next day, they, they, they got a replacement for her. And I said, oh my God. I said, see, I, I realized that they were planning to get rid of her anyway, and that was a saving grace. Because she's a, she's a young girl with a, with a child, and um, a lot of responsibilities when you have children and to take care of them. So I know if she got fired, it would will, it will have probably killed her in terms of her motivation. All right, number nine as we're wrapping up. Oh, thank you for the time. That was indeed time, timely. Number nine. It said to accept your best. To accept the best. Um, there's a song that he said, he saw the best in me. Always realize that you are here and you have a lot of great things to offer. That you are supposed to accept the best and that you're not just good enough. You're smart enough, you're hardworking enough, you're dedicated enough. And once you have given your effort, you have given your best. You see, the Lord wants us to present our best to him. That's why whenever somebody presents their offering and they, they presented a weak animal to the Lord or something that you would throw away, the Lord was displeased because he said, that's not your best. As, as um, Sister read about the lady with the might, or the two mites, the two coins. The, the, it is like less than a cent. But that was her best. She presented her best to God. And God saw it. And he it made the scriptures. It's in the holy scriptures. And it was seen that that was her best. She gave the best of what she had. The two coins. Which was more than what the guys gave because they gave out of their increase. They, they, it's as if they are tipping God. Well, let's give that amount. Uh, that was, you know. But she gave all that she had, which is her best. So it is that we are supposed to step in on a Monday morning and present our best. We're going to present our best foot forward. We're going to make sure when you are working at a job, 
we are presenting our best. As um as I remember I was talking to Kim when she she gave she came back with a report that wasn't good and the, her mother called me upset that she got this failing grade in math. And um I said to Kim, I said, Well Kim, well you see, you normally get good grades. So I said to her, Do you think that was your best? And she said, No, Daddy. All right, I said, let's, uh, let's, let's work on something. If your best is a 50, that's okay with me. As long as it, as it is your best. If your best is a 70, that's, all, that's okay with me. Because, see, you're going to get another time to study and prepare. But once you have given your best, that's what the Lord, that's the only thing that we can accept is your best. Nothing else but your best. And as we think about even um, Kobe and his, they, they talk about his, the Mamba system that he had where he, he presented his best at, at the court and in life. Like it, they said it's a sad because in this section, second part of his life, are uh, is ret after his retirement he was presenting his best to his daughters you see god was so smart that he he gave him all daughters no sons and in an interview they said can you imagine if he had a son he said yeah if i had a son man i would i'd be pushing him so hard he'd probably hate me because see when somebody's being pushed in an, in an era that they don't like, they will get a lot of resentment. You see, God don't want to force us to do our best. So if, if we need to be at a place, we're going to make sure we, we show up on time. And somebody said to me once, Kirk, if you show up, in order to show up on time, you have to show up before time. I said, what? He said, yeah, that means you have to be early, be there before they are there. Because, you see, the appointment is set, and we know, and I, I try the system. When I, when I have my, my appointments, I show up before time, and guess what? The person said, come on, because you're before, they always give me um, preference because you show up before time. All right, number 10, and the last one, which is the easiest one off the list. It says... To be grateful. To be grateful. To be grateful of everything that we have experienced thus far. To be grateful for every situation that we have been in, negative or positive. To be grateful every morning and every evening before we get to bed. To write down the things that you are grateful for. And to thank God for everything that he has given us. You see, gratitude is a new attitude. We are, both, we are going to be grateful for where we are. As, as I told you earlier, there was a lady at work. She complained every day about the work situation and the place and the people. And she said, everybody are idiot and whatever, whatever. And she was coming off so negative. And guess what? They got rid of her position. And now she's still without a job. And it's been like a couple of weeks. No, she's still without a job. But guess what? 
when I went on her post, I saw her writing, oh, I'm so thankful now. And, you know, she's getting time to spend with her family and her friends. But looking back, she, she realized that she wasn't grateful. This is what the Lord wants to do. He wants us to make us very thankful for where we are right now. If the situation does not change, if we're still at this job next year, from now until next year, we're going to be thankful. We're going to be thanking God for where he has us at that time. We're not going to waste any moment of thinking what if. We're not going to waste any moment of regretting past mistakes. We're not going to waste any moment knowing that we can't change the future. We're not going to waste any moment thinking of perfection. We're not going to waste any moment in fear. We're not going to waste any moment being distracted. But we are going to be aware of where we are right now because it says, wherever God is, all is well. So what we're going to do, we're going to put everything in perspective. And we're going to exchange the bad for the good. We're going to say, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for where you have placed me. I thank you for the challenges. I thank you for the failures that sometimes seems as failures. I thank you for how you have strengthened me. I thank you for how things that look bad always turn out for the good. I thank you that I can say all things work together for the good. I thank you for my life. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my friends. I thank you for the people that you have sent in, in my direction. I am thankful for the help. Because, Lord, we know we need help. I'm thankful for your Holy Spirit. And, Lord, I'm thankful for joy. Because it says joy comes in the morning. Joy, this joy that will, will get up in my heart. Even when nothing change. I thank you that I can lift my voice. I thank you that I can sing. I thank you, Lord, that you are my everything. I thank you that I can focus my eyes on you. I thank you that I can be a Stephen and I can say to them, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. I thank you that I can help others even when I'm being wounded. I thank you that I can display your love in that workplace. I thank you that you are everything to me. I thank you when fear comes in, faith will arise. I thank you that every day that you have given us, that we can hear the birds sing, we are so thankful that we can change our perspective and keep our eyes on you. And thank you when I am weak, you are strong. I thank you when I feel like giving up, you, can, you will encourage me. I thank you that you're the father that I never had. I thank you for your love when you can embrace me in the dark moments. I thank you, I thank you, O oh Lord, for everything that you have done for me.
I thank you for salvation when I was running away from you. I thank you when my parents disappointed me, I put my trust in you. I thank you when I felt like giving up, which is so many times, you will wipe away my tears. I thank you, O oh Lord, for everything thus far. You are a good God to us. In any situation you have given us, we are thankful. Even though it might look bad in our eyes, we know that you are our prize. I thank you for sacrificing everything in Jesus Christ. You have given all for us. And that is what I realized. I am thankful, I am thankful because you have made us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are made in your image and your likeness. And we will shine the light to everyone who doesn't know. So with that we say, for those who have not, who have not come to the saving grace, God is good. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have disappointing moments. But there is nobody else. There is no one else out there who is like our God. So we want to introduce you to this God who came down to die for everybody. For died for all. So that those who don't know him can accept him as his personal Lord and Savior. I won't promise you every day that it's going to be a bed of roses. There is no such thing. But I can promise you that somebody who's going to be with you through the thick and thin. We know how it feels when you're going through a situation and there's nobody there. Not our God. Our God is, will always be there. Even in the good times and the bad. He said, even when your father and mother forsake you, he will never forsake you. Even when persons leave you at the doorstep at a church, he will find a way to protect you. That is the God that we serve. For those of us listening who have not accepted him, we are pleading to you today that today will be the day that you accept him. It's a simple prayer. You said, Father, come into my heart and save me. I have sinned. I have turned away from your way. Please accept me in your, in, in, in your heart today. And that is it. You have prayed the prayer. You have accepted him as Lord and Savior. If you feel you ought, you can get, drop us a line at newhorizonmain at gmail.com or you can call us with a testimony of your saving grace. And we can pray with you. We can encourage you. And if you are locally here, you can come and visit with us. Our telephone number is 469-333-0397. So go in peace. Have a wonderful day. And for those who are believers who love God, knowing that with every challenge that you face, God is there and all is well. So may the love of God, the fellowship of his sweet Holy Spirit, rest and abide with you always, now and forevermore. Go in peace and have a wonderful week. Hey.
joining us as we depart we pray that you'll be you were blessed and touched in some way um, if you want to drop us a line or a testimony you can do it at newhorizonmin at gmail.com or if you're in the Texas area give us a shout telephone number 469 333 be blessed and walk good.
got Jesus on my, I got that, I got that.